All right, good morning. Before we get started, does anybody not have one of these, didn't get one? Not that you just forgot it today, but does anybody not have, didn't get one of these first steps for new Christians? Everybody got one? Perfect. All right, before we get started today, and depending on how this goes, is going to depend on if we get to uh, chapter four, but does anybody remember the homework you had from last week? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. When I was growing up, they called them homework files. If you didn't do your homework, you got a homework file, and you could only get 10 a year, and you would be, uh, you would not pass that grade. So if you were in fifth grade and got 10 homework files where you didn't do your homework before it was due, you, were, you had to redo that grade. Brother Ryan? Yes, so if you look at page 22 in your book, and we had gotten down to Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. If you remember last, last week, we were talking about uh, our new life in Christ. So this is after our salvation, which we talked about in chapter 2. Chapter 3 was our new life in Christ. And, and halfway down page 22 there, we read the verse Philippians 1, 6. And this is where the homework came in. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And, and that was the question that came up, or I asked you, what is the day of Jesus Christ? So, having said that, maybe you didn't look it up this week and, and you just, you know, from, from previous study or whatever else, give me some things that we think the day of Jesus Christ is. Brother Ryan, I know Ryan, I know he did his homework, so I'm going to pick on him first. He did all that work. So, um, uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verses 4 through 8 talks about that we are blameless in his sight, and that's when, um, uh, that's when we will become, that's when we will become um, before the uh, judgment seat of Christ, and um, we will be blameless before the Lord. Okay. Any other, Miss Barbara? When he comes after us. Okay. Anybody else? Brother Johnny? Um, the new reign of Christ. Say it again. The new millennial reign of Christ. Okay. Anybody else? Brother Kevin? Okay. So we've got a lot of different, uh, lot of different ideas. And I, I was really studying this this week because what happens with, with end times prophecy and end times things is you study them out. You get them all clear in your head, and then six months goes by. Somebody asks you a question, and you go, I know I know the answer, but I, don't, I can't remember. I'm going to have to go study it out again. And the short answer for, you know, there are people that, whose whole ministry is prophecy and end times. Brother Kevin, isn't uh, Charles Hiltabidol, or however you say his name? His whole ministry is um, end times prophecy, and he's very solid. So if you want to go look him up on YouTube... He's good to get your answers. His name is Dr. Charles. Looks like Hilty, like the tool, right? Biddle, B-I-D-A-L. So Hilty Biddle, however you say it, that's what his name is. So very good to go look him up. But, I, but as I was studying this back out again, um, I will tell you this. Uh, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So Brother Ryan looked up or uh, mentioned 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and look at verse 10. 
And this is what I said, but depending on how this goes, we may get into eternal security a little bit, but we definitely won't finish. It's a longer lesson anyways, so we may get half of it done today and then finish it next week. But I want to I straighten this out in our minds because um, there's another passage that I want you to go to here in a minute. And I brought my way of life encyclopedia up here today because I want you to see how important it is. It's a big book. And this is only fifth edition. Now it's, he's on the seventh edition, and it's about another half, again, as big. Because he's, he's touching on all uh, relevant topics. So as things come up, he adds them in here. And he also makes a few changes on what he's got already. But um, I got into my way of life encyclopedia to, to really uh, make sure I knew what I was talking about, what I, what I think uh, the day of Jesus Christ is. And he actually kind of confused me. So I want to go through that today just for a few minutes. But 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I got it straightened out, so I know, I know what it is now. But, but his, his way of life encyclopedia had me, had me going for a minute. But 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 says, According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay, then that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the foundation. No one else, you can't lay any other foundation. But verse 12, Now if any man buildeth upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So, what is 1 Corinthians chapter 3 describing? What is that? The judgment seat of Christ. And this is very clear. This is the judgment seat of Christ. Because he's not, he, in verse 15, he says that. You'll be saved, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. But everything else will be burned up. Why? Because the judgment seat of Christ, and me and Brother Ryan had a, a quick conversation about this, I think, last week. The judgment seat of Christ is not a judgment on Christians for whether they're going to heaven or hell. Uh, they don't stand before God as a saved person and say, all right, let me see the works that you did. You are saved, and that's part of the eternal security that we're getting ready to talk about here, uh, either this week or next, uh, in our books. But the judgment seat of Christ is to judge the good works that were done while we were here on this earth. Now, before salvation, what, what, what good were your good works? What do you say, Bill? They're nothing. They're, they're nothing. The Bible says our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. So God doesn't even look at those and go, eh, he's a good guy. He's moral. Those are not what are going to be tried by fire at the judgment seat of Christ uh, because they, they mean nothing. But after salvation, after our sins are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, and now we, we live the rest of our lives, and the Bible tells us, I mean, even Jesus went about doing good works. Why? Because that is what we're, we are supposed to do. Um, and and it's not, it is your tithing, your coming to church, you know, all those good works. Helping the poor, uh, feeding, feeding the homeless, helping in any way you can. Those are good things. The Bible even says, you give a cup of cold water to someone in my name, and it's like you've done it to Jesus Christ himself. So those are good works. Now, what is he judging then? Um, 
Did you do any good works? No, because your good works are going verse 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work. So if he's trying your works, do we, when somebody talks about work salvation, what are they talking about? Getting to heaven by good works, not bad ones, right? So the judgment seat of Christ is not going to be, uh, hold on a second, did you um, do this bad thing? Because, why, why would we, somebody tell me this, this is Sunday school, all right, so we're learning today. Why would we not be judged for our bad works at the judgment seat of Christ? They're already covered. Right? When we tell somebody, when we are leading somebody to Christ, what do we, what do we tell them? We tell them, you know, if you, if you take all these, you know, these, all this ink on this paper is your sins. And what's the example we give them? And Christ covers them. I have writing on some of the backs of them, so I want to make sure. Christ covers our sins, right? Okay, so if our sin is covered and we become, we are made righteousness, right? That Jesus takes on our sin and we become righteousness then how could we stand before God with sin on our account? We can't. So the judgment seat of Christ is our good works being judged. All right, what are they being judged for? How, how are good works being judged, well, Josh? They are for rewards, but what is he judging? Why? I believe motive and all of that is what is being judged. Here's why. Think about the Pharisees in the temple. Did they do a good work? Yeah, they were giving money, right? Did Jesus judge them and condemn them? Why? Because of their motivation. Their heart was, was evil in that they were trying to show everybody how much they were giving, right? So even though they did a good work, in our lives, you do a good work for the wrong motive, that's what's going to be tried by fire. Now, it's a good thing to do that good work, but why did you do it? And this is a conversation me and Brother Ryan were having. You know, if, if you're going out on soul winning, on visitation on Saturdays because the pastor is asking you, and you, in and, and your mind, maybe nobody else knows it, but in your mind, man, I've been three or four times, and if I don't come, he's going to call me and ask me why I didn't come. To, to visitation on Saturday, you're doing it with the wrong motive. So even though you came and did that good work, you kind of wasted, you're not getting a reward for it. There is a reward for the soul winner. It's the soul winner's crown. But if you do it with the wrong motive, that's what the judgment seat of Christ is. Wrong motive, yeah, you went soul winning, but you hated every minute of it, minute of it didn't want to be there. Uh, you know, when somebody slammed the door in your face, you, you, you were ready to fight them. Your motives are wrong. That's where this, this judgment of your good works uh, are, are going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. Somebody had a question. Somebody's hand was up. Nope. All right. So what then is the day of Jesus Christ? Short answer is I believe it is the judgment seat of Christ. Okay. Now, what's the difference between the day of Jesus Christ and the day of the Lord? The Johnny? And I, you know, I'm not expecting you necessarily to have the right answer because it can get a little bit. Um, this is this is why I want to talk. We're not going to get into eternal security today. This is what I want to talk about 
<clears throat> but can anybody else help him out? If what, is, what do you think? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. All right, and and this is what this is what I want to look at because even if you had it squared away in your mind at some point, which I think most of us have, when you hear a message on it, it makes sense, or you hear teaching on it, it makes sense, and then you know somebody asks you this question, and the, and the Bible tells us we need to have an answer for every man that asks. And now I think that sometimes gets taken out of context. It's not just have an answer for every verse in the Bible. It's it says have an answer for every man that asks the hope that you have. Why are you so positive that you are going to heaven? Well, let me give you that answer. So I don't want to take that out of context, but we do need to have an answer because if somebody calls us out on this and we have no idea, it shakes our own faith is what it does. And somebody asks you a question. Turn to Matthew chapter 24. And this is where studying the Bible is so important, okay? Um, and I hope, I hope every one of you is doing um, your, your due diligence or doing your Bible study. We're not just reading the Bible. It is Bible study. Okay? Now, yes, sir. Well, the Bible talks about in Revelations very clearly the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord is a time of, of great tribulation. It is, I believe, the, the tribulation. Okay, so if Matthew, look in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 29. And this is a new paragraph. Your Bible probably, everybody's has it. It's that little, uh, little symbol. It looks like a backwards P. That means this is a new paragraph, and, and, and we've talked about this many times, that the Bible was never split up into verse and chapters, but these paragraphs have always been there, and, th and this is to show a new paragraph. Okay, so verse 29, it says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall, away shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Verse 30, immediately after the tribulation of those days... Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Verse 31, And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, of the, from, the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. All right, what does that sound like? The rapture, right? But verse 29 says, immediately after the tribulation of those days. So is it talking about immediately after the great tribulation, the rapture is going to happen? Well, Matthew doesn't really... So this is, this is what I'm talking about. You have to study your Bible because Matthew doesn't really tell us where, where he's talking about. Um, in regards to Revelation, okay? Now, this, so I went to David Cloud's 
Way of Life Encyclopedia, and I looked up the Great Tribulation, and this is what he says. The time of, so he, he gives a whole bunch of stuff on it and says, the time of the Great Tribulation. Jesus' prophecy plainly reveals the time of the Great Tribulation. It will occur just prior to his second coming. Okay. Well, I thought his second coming is when he raptures the church. Is that the case? That is correct. And often in preaching and everything, you will hear the second coming referred to as the rapture. And it is not. They are two very distinct, different times. And, and that's, what, that's my point here, is to, to remember and to recognize that the rapture and the second coming of Christ are two separate things. Because uh, the rapture, we believe in, what do we believe in? Pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib? Pre-trib. Does anybody know why? You don't have to quote a verse, but why? And the Bible's very clear that we will be saved from the day of the Lord, okay? Which then means the day of the Lord is going to be the tribulation or at the tribulation. Now, it, it can, the Bible kind of uses these terms uh, for different things, but I believe the day of the Lord, the day of wrath, um, is, is kind of the end times. It's not specifically the tribulation, even though the Bible's very clear that we will be saved from the wrath to come. Okay, what is the wrath to come? It's the tribulation. So then if Matthew 24, 29 says, immediately after the tribulations, or after the tribulation, verse 30, then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, it's not talking about the rapture. It's talking about the second coming, when he actually comes back to earth. In the rapture, he doesn't come to earth. He goes in the clouds, and we are caught up together with him in the clouds. We meet the Lord, and it says, so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then you have the tribulation, and then you have his second coming. Because if you read, uh, after the tribulation is when Jesus comes to reign on earth, and he binds Satan and, and throws him in the pit for how long? A thousand years. What's that thousand years? That's the millennial reign. So just so, some things that while I was studying... We get, we get mixed up in our heads sometimes that the rapture is the second coming of Christ. I'm looking for the second coming. Now, you're looking for the rapture. That's what you're looking forward to. Uh, not that you're, uh, I know what you mean, but it's, it's important that we, that we uh, talk about what we're actually talking about. Now, um, okay, so if you go to, I'm going to go to this in our book. So then, so then I went from great tribulation to rapture because it looks like, uh, if you don't know what he's saying and you don't know what the Bible is talking about, he says, Jesus' prophecy plainly reveals the, the time of the Great Tribulation. It'll come just prior to his second coming. And if you think second coming is rapture, wait, we're going to go through the tribulation. So I went to, over to rapture, uh, what he had here. And he says, the evidence of the pre-trib rapture, for the following reasons, we are convinced the Bible teaches a pre-trib rapture. Uh, we are convinced. And I'm not going to go through all those verses, but... That, that is very confusing if you don't know that for sure that the, the rapture and the second coming are two different things. Um, now, I had a couple other notes. Uh, he says this also. Let's see. The book of Revelations reveals that the church is not on earth during the tribulation. And that's what Brother Josh just mentioned. The, the church after, uh, I believe, Revelation chapter 4 until chapter 18, it's gone. 
Um, and that's where you see all of all the tribulation and everything happening in Revelations. And we are not there. Um, anyways, so the day of Jesus Christ. And we, we may get done a little bit early today and we'll, we'll, um, we'll introduce the eternal security. But I had a few other verses that I want to look at, okay, with the day of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8. Because I, I think sometimes that um, the day of Jesus Christ sometimes is, is confused as the rapture. And I don't think that's what that is. I, I do believe, and here's why. First, we'll read some of these verses. 1 Corinthians 1.8. Who shall also confirm you unto the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ? Are we being judged as we are raptured into the clouds? then why would he be talking about being blameless? Blameless to who and for what? It's at the judgment seat of Christ. We are going to give an account of the things that we have done. And the Bible says, in our body, whether it be good or bad. So blameless when? I believe, and it says, in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, at the judgment seat of Christ. Um, let's go to another verse. And I even wrote this down. This is different than the day of the Lord. Well, is the Lord not Jesus Christ? Yes, he is, but the day of the Lord is, is referenced very clearly in Revelation, and I'm not going to get into all of that, but it's very clear that it is the day of wrath, which is the tribulation, which we are gone before that happens because we are raptured. First uh, Corinthians 5.5, 5, and I just have, these, these are not necessarily in any order, they just reference the day of Christ. 1 Corinthians 5, 5, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Uh, so what is the point? What, what are we talking about here? Look at verse 1. It is reported commonly that there is fornication among you, and such fornication as, the, as is not, not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. So we went through 1 Corinthians in Sunday school, and, this, and the, the, the Corinthian Christians were really struggling with some, some pretty heavy things. And Paul now is addressing those things. Verse 2, he says, And ye are puffed up, and have not rather mourned that he hath done this deed, uh, that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I verily, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already as though I were present concerning him that hath done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together in my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, uh, that the Spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. And what is he talking about? He's saying, judge this guy, get him straightened out, so that in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, when he stands before Christ, he's not destroyed. Now, sent to hell? No. He's saved. Remember uh, some uh, what we read in 1 Corinthians 3. You might be saved yourself, but you'll have nothing. In the, in, in, uh, in the way of rewards. Uh, so blameless and saved in the day of the Lord Jesus, the judgment seat of Christ. 2 Corinthians 1.14. 2 And I think the reason I'm, I'm spending time to do this is because I think sometimes we read through the Bible, we fly through those phrases, in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we, don't, we have no idea what he's, what he's actually talking about. And what it's important to know that this is the judgment seat of Christ, is he's saying, do these things, do this. This essentially is the will of God, so that in the day of Jesus Christ, at the judgment seat of Christ, 
your good works actually hold up under the fire that it, that it is put to. And what, what holds up after the, when the fire is gone? What's the only thing that remains? What does the Bible call it? Gold, silver, and precious stones. Well, what are those? Those are the good things. Those are the things we are sending ahead by doing good works with the right motives and with uh, our, our intention is to glorify God. Because the Bible tells, tells us about those. The crowns that we are going to receive, right? Those are, those are handed out at the judgment seat of Christ. Those rewards. And if you, uh, as he says there in, in uh, 1 Corinthians that we just read, 5 verse 5, that he... Uh, is destroyed basically at the judgment seat of Christ. I mean, he has nothing because he has no rewards. And what is the goal of the rewards? What's the goal of these crowns, this, these, these things that we get? We, we have something to go cast at the feet of Jesus Christ. Uh, imagine the shame uh, that you made it to heaven, but you have nothing to show for the whole life after salvation that you lived here on this earth. Nothing to show for it. No crowns to give to Jesus, the King of Kings. We were talking about this on our, uh, we always go on a walk late at night, uh, take the dog out before we all go to bed, and we were talking about this. Imagine standing before, when we stand before Jesus Christ, when he comes, we were talking about the second coming too, and, he, and, the, and Revelation talks about him on a white horse, and he's going to have on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Imagine the power, and I think Psalm chapter 2 is what this is talking about. Remember what Psalm chapter 2 says. All the nations of the earth, all the kings of the earth, rage against the Lord. And what does he do? He laughs at them. Why? Because I think at his second coming, he is going to be, he's going to be conquering these kings and destroying them. And that's what Psalm chapter 2 is talking about. Uh, we, we like to see, look at it theoretically that, yeah, he's in heaven. And the kings of the earth can't even get to him. But I think he's talking about when he comes back to the earth and they all rage against him because they're going to. There already are. But when they actually see this king of kings, he's got king of kings on his thigh. Who are you? Who do you think you are? Is going to be their mindset. Even if they know who he is, uh, they're going to rage against him. And he's going to laugh before he destroys them all, right? Uh, all right. 2 Corinthians 1.14. A couple more verses. It says, as also, uh, let us go to verse 13. For we write none other things unto you than that than what ye receive, than ye read or acknowledge. And I trust ye shall acknowledge even to the end. Verse 14, as also ye have acknowledged us in part, that we are, we are your rejoicing, even as ye also are, are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus. Even as also ye have acknowledged us in part, that we are your rejoicing. So what is that saying? They're rejoicing in the fact that Paul has come and given them the gospel. Then he says... Even as ye also are our rejoicing in the day of the Lord Jesus. What is he talking about? The judgment seat of Christ. When they stand before God and he says, what did you do with the gospel that I entrusted to you? And he can turn around and point to, now, Paul's not going to go, well, it's going to be a humble, look at all these Christians, look at all these people that I led to Christ. That's what he's talking about. At the judgment seat of Christ. When he is giving account for what he did on this earth, he's going to be able to point to all these souls that were saved, not just through his ministry, but through his testimony and through his sharing of the gospel. <clears throat> what about us? Do you have any in the day of Jesus Christ 
that you are going to say, this is my rejoicing. This is what I did with the time that you gave to me. Look at all these people that I was able to see saved. If not, as pastor always says, you're still breathing and there's time to go win souls. But that's what he's talking about here. Paul is saying, you are my rejoicing in the day of the Lord Jesus. When I stand before him, this is what I have to show for, what I, what I, for my life. Very, very uh, encouraging and very important. Now, first, uh, Philippians chapter 1. We, we have this one in our books, but go there in your Bibles. A couple more verses on the day of, of Jesus Christ. And then I'm going to ask uh, if anybody has any questions. Two more verses, three more verses in Philippians. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. And this is the one we just read out of our book. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We are confident that he saved you. Okay, you're saved. You're going to make it to heaven. We'll perform it uh, until the day of Jesus Christ. He's going to work in your life to lead you as you do these good works until the day of Jesus Christ. So when you stand before him, you... uh, have something good to give account for. Verse 10, that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. What is he, what is he saying? He's writing the, these things to the church at Philippi for what reason? So that they can be grounded in their faith and in their doctrine so that when they stand before Christ, they're without offense. That's why Paul is writing this book. That, that You see we're in chapter 1 here and he's still introducing the book to them. This is why I'm writing to you. Philippians chapter 2, verse 16. Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. How do we run in vain? Run for the wrong reason. Labor for the wrong reason. Labor for the, for the praise of men and for uh, the, the name recognition or whatever else. That's how you run in vain and labor in vain. And that's what Paul is saying here. Uh, I'm holding forth the word of life, the gospel that was given to him, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. Why would you not rejoice in the day of Christ? When the fire is put to your works and everything's burned up, you're not going to be rejoicing. You're going to realize, even if you didn't on this earth, yeah, my motives were not to give glory to God. It was because everybody was looking at me. They expected me to do this work at church. I did it. It wasn't for Christ. Um, and, and, and the works will be burned up. So that's the last of the verses. There's tons more. I, I just wanted to give us a, a little sampling. But the day of Jesus Christ is the judgment seat of Christ. All right? Does anybody have any questions? And, and I say that to say, as you're reading through your devotions, reading through your Bible, it should stick out in your mind now when you see that. The day of the Lord Jesus. The day of Jesus Christ. The day of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's, it's the judgment seat of Christ, different from the day of the Lord, which is the day of wrath. Um, the, the rapture is when believers are taken out of the suffering, and the, and the day of the Lord is when God comes to judge the unbelieving. Miss Barbara. Um, that's a good question. I, I can't remember who I was talking to, but somebody was saying, you know, I've always envisioned that we're all just going to be in a line, you know, and, and standing there waiting our turn. Imagine giving account for everything you've done in your life. Now, 
Is it all piled up there and it's just lit on fire and boom, next? I, I don't think so. I think we're going to give an account for everything that we do, uh, we've done. Now, whether we're standing in a line or not, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, to where everybody's going to see it is what you're saying? Yeah, I think the shame he's talking about when we when our works are burned up, it's not, we're not going to really care what, you're not going to care what I think. You're going to be ashamed before Christ or rejoice before Christ that, wow, you know, I, I was doing this for the right reasons. So to answer your specific question, I don't know, but I don't think it will matter to us if, if everybody else is watching. Um, but I do think that we will see those that we had a chance to witness to and didn't, and because Bible says that God's going to wipe away all tears from our eyes. Why would we be crying for those reasons? Well, if they're not saved, they won't be there. Well, I'm just saying that we will see that. We will see them. I believe at the great white throne judgment, we're going to see them cast into the lake of fire. And then after that, they will not be at the judgment seat of Christ. Nope, it's just for believers. I believe so. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's where you'll give an account and you're that will be added to your account. And those are part of the works that you'll be judged for. You may, you, yeah, it may be a list of some names that you're, I didn't even know. Yeah, because I use that track you left, you know, where I, I use those, that, you know, the Bible talks about that. One plants, one waters, God gives the increase. Well, I might plant, and it was not a great conversation, but I planted it, and that comes back to my account. Think about our mission money. You know, we, we, there are souls being saved on mission fields that we are giving to that we have no idea who they are. And I believe that partially those will be added. I don't know if we'll see them judged or not, but I know that I believe that they will be added to our account at our judgment. And, and don't quote me on, on some of this. I'm tell, there is a lot to look into. You may find another verse. Oh, whoa, what about this? I don't claim to have all the answers, but uh, this is the, the gist of it. Any other questions? Brother Johnny. That's a good question, too. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. And maybe somebody else has, has the answer to that, uh, a verse off the top of your head. Yeah. Does this, immediately after this, the judgment? Yeah, I don't know. And, and we were talking about this last night on our walk. You know, there's a lot of things. Here's the, here's the right answer. Make sure you're saved. <laughs> and then, not that it doesn't matter, but for real, make sure you are saved. And then whatever, whatever order it falls in, you'll be there. You'll, you'll, it'll happen. But you're not saved. That's the, that's the problem. Brother Bill. And don't think for a second Satan's not working at fooling you too. You know. Right. Yeah. That's right. That is right. Yeah, I mean, every sermon you hear on, uh, you know, going out and witnessing and you don't do it, you're going to be judged for that. You were, you, yeah. We're out of time, but anybody have any, any other questions, comments? Um, yes, sir. Um, so just kind of like the last, the last thing. 
On earth, yes. and it is restraining the judgment of God as well. Yes, yeah, so that's right. Yeah, because not only are the Christians who are there's not not that there's not other moral people on the earth, but the majority are God-fearing people that are you know if there's they're saved they're gone, and you don't have God withholding His judgment anymore on the earth. It's, it's going to be a terrible time, and that's why I say I'm not being funny at all. Make sure that you're saved. Make sure that your kids are saved. Make sure that your families are saved, uh, your extended family, everything we can to, to lead our families. You know, sometimes we go to the foreign field and work there for 30 years, and our own families never heard the gospel. Um, and and it's, a, it's a sobering thing. Um, and I was talking to a guy just a couple weeks ago, uh, you know, he's in tears about his family. My family's not saved, man. Imagine. Yeah, imagine. And that should drive us to share the gospel with them. Uh, yes, you may be saved, and that's great. What about, what about everybody around you? Uh, it's it's going to be a terrible, terrible time that you don't want anybody that you know or love to have to go through. So, anyways, day of Jesus Christ, the judgment seat of Christ interesting study if you have any questions on it later because i know what happens with me is sometimes you know pastor will preach and i'll go hang on i need to look into that a little further not because he's wrong but just because i don't understand it and that's not what he's preaching on so he great uh goes right over top of it and then i'm like hang on i need to go look at that because i don't know for sure what i what the bible says about it and you may have questions later that's fine uh bring them up but we're going to move on to eternal security next week uh which may have some questions there too. It's a longer lesson, so if we need to take a week or two on it, we will, um, but that's what we'll do next week. All right, let's pray, and we'll be dismissed. Father, I thank you for this day you've given us. God, I thank you for your word, and God, I, I pray that you'd help us as we study it to, to discern and to understand the mysteries of the word of God. God, and, and unsaved people cannot understand those mysteries, and uh, so I pray that we would do our uh, diligence to, to know what you say in your word so that we, uh, if, if nothing else, to show ourselves approved unto you. That's what your word says. Not so that we can argue it in a uh, debate, but so that we can show ourselves approved unto God for having studied your word and know what you, what you tell us to do and what your word says. Pray that you bless this next hour, and uh, God, just uh, that you'd feed us with our pastor as he preaches. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, we're dismissed. <laughs>